This is Invest Talk. Independent thinking, shared success. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor, Steve Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Invest Talk. It is Thursday, July 20th, 2023. I'm Steve Peasley. I'm here today to help you become better investors. That's the uh, goal here on Invest Talk to give you information to provide enough information for you to make smart decisions with your investment dollars. Now, we've done this, I've done this personally for over 50 years, so I'm hoping that experience will help you. With that said, on today's podcast, I am going to blend my comments with you, the listener, and provide the, the, you're going to provide the questions and the topics that we're going to talk about. I do have some of my own, but you're the one that drives the show. You set the table, you decide on where we go. As long as it's financial, I'm perfectly happy to go in that direction. So I'm ready for your questions, but you've got the call. The Invest Talk phone lines are never closed. The number is 888-99-CHART. My focus point today is concerning the story behind the question. Do the new federal guidelines for approving mergers make sense? The proposed rules are designed to fit the digital age and apply uh, and apply to both vertical and horizontal mergers. And we're going to talk about what all that means. Okay, so that's going to be my main uh, main uh, focus point today. Time permitting, I also want to talk about what happened in the market today with the very unusual Dow up 164 and the Nasdaq down 295. I mean. That's a pretty big spread in different directions. So I want to talk about that today. I think that's important for you to understand what's going on. I want to talk about the June existing home sales report. I want to talk about the Fed um, launched, the Federal Reserve launched a new uh, system, payment service system called FedNow that makes transfers instantaneously of money, okay, meaning when you buy something, the money goes immediately to wherever whoever purchased it or if you sell something. But it's not for you, the consumer, or the retail industry. It's the banks, the bank system. You know how they used to hold on to your money and not transfer the money right away? And you know, Well, this new system they came out with will do away with that. But it's voluntary, so the banks have to accept using it. So, well... I can get into it, but we'll talk about that later. And finally, it's a little interesting note, the average retiree net worth. The average retiree net worth. That's different than how much cash they have ready. It's their net worth. What do you think that might be? Average. An average is different than median. Than median. I'm talking about the average. So that takes very, very wealthy people in consideration and also very poor people, where the medium is the midpoint. So what is the average? Those are what I'm going to talk about. But, of course, again, as I said, you get to drive the show. The Dow is up 164 points. It was up more than that. 
The Dow was down 295 points, and that's about 2%. And the S&P was down 31 points, about two-thirds of 1%. So the big down day was for the NASDAQ, uh, and the big big non-tech stocks did pretty well. Kind of an interesting day uh, that we will get into a little bit more later on the show. Okay, uh, we have a voicemail, the first one we're going to get to, and we're going to play it right now, so go ahead. Hello, Justin or Steve. I was looking to add an energy stock to my portfolio. I was looking at CEG, Constellation Energy. Uh, I know they've had a pretty good run-up. I kind of wanted to see what information you had and a good entry point. So I was looking to add this. Thank you, and I look forward to listening to the podcast. Bye. Oh. Okay, Constellation Energy out of Baltimore, Maryland, provides power, natural gas, renewable energy, and energy management products and services in the United States. It's a $31 billion company. It became public in March of 22. So it hasn't even been around that long in the public domain. Um, They're going to make $3.73 this year, and this is the first year in two years that they're actually going to make money. Next year, they're going to make a big jump, make $5.61. It's a 50% jump. Doesn't pay much of a dividend, 1.2%. They have a decent amount of debt, but nothing they can't manage. Uh, Let's see, management owns 1%, funds own 60% of the the, uh, stock. And sales growth is in the mid-30s for the last four quarters in a row. So they're growing sales pretty fast. Okay, so that's what you're dealing with. Now, the stock is right at its old high at $96.89. At $96.98 with making $5.61 gives you a P.E. ratio of what? About 20? Not quite 20, maybe 18? Okay, so it's not... A bargain. It's not overly expensive either. A great entry point would be where it found a lot of support before it started bouncing up, and that was in the mid-70s, okay? Remember, it's 96 now. But that would be a great entry point. Right now, it's right at its top, and this is a double top, and it hasn't broken through. It's trying to break through. If it gives gets above $98 a share... $98 a share, it would be a breakout, and that would be a buy point too because it broke out of all resistance. If you want to tie another one as it pulls back a little bit, it looks like there's support around 87 88 but the big, big support is, as I said, in the mid-70s or so. There's your buy points, okay? That symbol is CEG, Constellation Energy, CEG. G. We're going to take a quick break. Please remember that you can call anytime and leave your questions on InvestTalk Voice Bank or if you're listening via live stream on AM 1220 radio in the Silicon Valley, you can call right now, 888-99-CHART. When listener questions are played on the InvestTalk podcast... How do you guys determine a value stock? The caller voices are amplified many thousands of times. Just wanted to get your opinion on 
JP Morgan and BAC. How do you see this uh, looking forward? I'm 25 years old and have a question about retirement funds. And the unbiased answers from Justin Klein. That's why it's trading so cheap because there's a lot of regulatory risk. And Steve Peasley. I, I kind of like it here. If I was going to buy Tyson Food, this is where I'd buy it. Benefit the entire Invest Talk community. Thank you for what you guys do. That's why 24 7, rain or shine, no matter how simple or how complex, your questions make a difference. Symbol BKE, what's your outlook? And Invest Talk is made better by the power of you. So don't forget to call 888 99CHART. Justin Klein and Steve Beasley are ready to take on your finance and investment questions. Call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. My focus point today. Now this looks at a story that's, do the, do the new Fed guidelines for approving mergers make sense? The proposed rules are designed to fit the digital age, which is, you know, I think they're a little slow in, in preventing mega companies and dominant companies in the various industries. But these rules are supposed to, uh, uh, to address that, and I'm not sure they will. Uh, so the Fed just laid out the new guidelines. And if you remember right, the old guidelines were less than a year, a year old before they dumped the old guidelines. So... They're having a hard time coming up with something that makes sense, okay? And I read there's like 13, 13 points, okay? And I read all 13, and I'm thinking, you know, this is very nebulous. For instance, number one, the number one, mergers should not significantly increase concentration in highly concentrated market. Okay. Number two, mergers should not eliminate substantial competition between firms. Number three, mergers should not increase the risk of coordination. Mergers should should not limit a potential entrant in a concentrated market. (laughs) I mean, all these are good points. I'm just not sure how you apply these is the the point. You know, I mean, they, they haven't applied them very well in the past. So, and why I say that is because the last time they tried to apply some rules like this. Uh, uh, and I think it was, uh, it wasn't Microsoft and Activision. It was, uh, da, 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 da. Uh, it was concerning social media and they lost that fight trying to prevent it from happening because the court said, no, you're not applying the law properly. I think it was Facebook. Uh, it was a deal the FTC had uh, a deal. Uh, Facebook parent Meta uh, was making a bunch of acquisitions, small rivals like Instagram and WhatsApp, as a, as a strategy to maintain their monopoly power, and they lost the, that case. <sighs> so I'm not sure this is going to work, but we do have a problem here with number one competition, number two mega tech corporations, and the. The argument before the argument beforehand of letting these mega corporations get to become mega corporations was that you know international competition it would put us at a disadvantage us meaning the United States if we didn't allow it and other countries did 
okay, as far as their, their big companies. And I don't know if that holds water or holds water anymore. But that's what it is. New, there's new rules out. We'll see how it plans out. And it's going to take several years probably. And then there's going to be some cases. I mean, there's a Microsoft trying to buy Activision. And it fits in, in these rules they applied. It fits in saying that that, that is a vertical uh, acquisition because Microsoft has a game console maker. And here they are buying a game maker to put on their game console. So, console, so and it hurts competition for other uh, console makers if they can't get the games that Microsoft will control if Activision and the and is bought by Microsoft. See, so it's complex. It's not an easy thing, but it needs to be done. Let's go to Carl on Oceanside. Hi, Carl. Yes, sir. I looked at the stock NTR and CS. Which one is the better one? Um, well, what was the second one you asked about? Uh, CF. CF. Because yeah. Nutrien, NTR, I talked about yesterday. If you listen to yesterday's show, I think it was yesterday or the day before. No, I'm pretty sure it was yesterday. I, I did talk yeah, about I, that one, and you can get information on that one. But let's take a look at CF Industries. Manufactures nitrogen fertilizer. So it's in the same industry as uh, as uh, as NTR. Including urea, pneumonia, nitrate, uh, 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 it, you know, it's so a fertilizer company. Okay, they're they're going to make eight dollars this year, make six dollars and eighty cents next year. So their earnings are going to go down, and sales are falling. And I think, and I think I said yesterday, it might. Got, they're, they're both companies are pretty inexpensive, with being very low PE ratios. Uh, but looking forward, as earnings go down, that P.E. ratio is going to go up. So next year, it's a lot, right now, CF Industries, the P.E. is around 5, but it's going to be almost 10 next year because the earnings are going to go down. So I would be very careful with that. We don't like that as a trend going down. It pays 2% dividend, and I do like the industry. Because it's an industry that's going to be around for many years and do very well over time. But I think that you might want to just be patient because I think it, even though it's bounced up in the last few weeks, I think I'd be very patient about getting into it right now. I'd just be patient. Okay, thanks, Carl. Appreciate the call. We're moving into a break. My phone lines are open, and I'm waiting for your calls. This is Talk 888-99-CHART. I host the Invest Talk podcast, I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. I make them into easier to understand elements. Each question is tackled live without pre-screening, and some topics are more challenging than others. And that's a good thing because it allows every Invest Talk caller to shape the content of the podcast. If you've never called, don't hold back. You can leave your Invest Talk questions on the 24-7 Anytime Listener Line at 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to talk to Gene in North Carolina. Hi, Gene. Hey, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. 
Thank you. Uh, yesterday, yesterday, you mentioned that you cited a study dealing with uh, uh, right. uh, comparing long-term uh, growth and value and blend. Value, and the, right. Yeah, style in, boxes. In value, growth, and, and blend. And you said that in the long run, maybe 20 or 30 years, there wasn't that much difference between the three. Is that what yeah. you said? Yes. In the long run, they kind of converge as far as returns. In the shorter run, for instance, growth outperformed anything else for years in recent years. Uh, and only recently has value started to catch up. So uh, go ahead. I'm, wond- I'm wondering, I think you might have mentioned also in passing it, that it, between the style boxes of large cap, mid cap, and small cap, that mm-hmm. again, there wasn't that much difference, or did I read that right? Now, that, there is a lot of difference between the groups, uh, the type of size. There's a pretty good difference between them. But I, my, what I said is if you're in the indexes, they have all three of those sizes in many of the larger indexes, like the S&P 500. You're going to get mega cap, you're going to get mid cap, and you're going to get small cap, or the Russell 6,000. But if you got the Russell well, 1,000, the Russell 2,000, they specif- that, you know, they're more specific into you know, small cap, mid cap kind of stocks. So, the, so you just got, the main point is to just be aware of where you are. But if you're a long-term investor, investor, just have a good spread in all these areas and you will, you, will, you will be just fine. You don't have to be so perfect. You know, you don't have to, as long as you have a long-term outlook. Shorter term, you know, because you're getting close to retirement, then, of course, you're looking at, you know, more income-producing things as you get older and older and older. If you're very young, I would probably tend toward the smaller cap growth stocks because there are times when they just super outperform. Uh, And I said that, you know, there are times you can switch from growth to value and value to growth. But again, long, long term, there's not a big deal difference. There really isn't. Thanks a lot. Gene, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. 888-99-CHART. Big tech drags down the NASDAQ today. The NASDAQ was down 295 points. Why the uh, Dow 30, 30 large, very, very large stock, uh, was up 164 points. And the big losers was Tesla and Netflix today. I mean, uh, Netflix, I think, was down at 10% at one point. I think it ended up being down 8 whereas Tesla was down 8%, but it ended up being down 10 by the end of the day. So two pretty big tech stocks. And if you take a look at the big tech stock today, you know, and one of the reasons why I'm bringing this up to you is because the big tech stocks drive the markets more and more and more so than um, drive the indexes more so and the overall market more so because they're so big. I mean, you had both Microsoft and Apple down today, right? Uh, Microsoft is $3 billion. Uh, um, I mean, Apple's more than $3 trillion in market cap size, whereas uh, Microsoft is, what, $1 trillion? And because of that, the indexes that track those guys are uh, all market-weighted, meaning the bigger the companies, the more impact on the indexes. So you can't tell by the index 
you know, that's focusing on these large cap tech stocks or even the S&P 500, how the rest of the market did today. You can't tell because the Dow was up 164 points. The Nasdaq was down 295 points. That's 2%. That's a pretty, pretty good fall. Okay, so I'm just pointing out that you can have, if you didn't have the big stocks, the big tech stocks this year, you would not be performing very well. Now that you have them, you perform very well, they could turn on you and all of a sudden the rest of the market doing well, but not the tech stocks. I don't think that's going to happen necessarily because the big tech stocks are still in favor. But I do want you to be aware of what's driving the market. And they are the big tech stocks driving the market. It was obvious today with why, because we look at the S&P 500, look at the NASDAQ, and then you look at the Dow. And the Dow is completely opposite of the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ because of big tech. Okay? Just want to point that out. Make sure you understand. On the next Invest Talk, the story behind the question, is it time to move away from bonds in your portfolio? Is it time? Cash rates are nearing 5%, everybody, so maybe it is. But that can be changed anytime. Whereas bonds offer a yield that is typically fixed over the life of the bond. So cash can go up and down fast if the Fed starts to lower the interest rates in the next few months. Whereas bonds, if you lock in long-term bonds, you get the nice rate. So that's going to be tomorrow, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and please give me a call, 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members? or friends from a different culture. I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally. First with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so... Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love 
You transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs. eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Each day, InvestTalk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for InvestTalk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. Hey, Stephen Justin. I wanted to get your thoughts on KeyCorp, K-E-Y, sitting around $10 now. I know that the local bank really got hit hard uh, over springtime, and I kind of think it might all be past this, but not sure. I wanted to see if this would be a good entry point. The company's been around for about 190 years, so it's uh, got, a, got a history there, and wanted to see if it would be a possible good time to uh, take a position. Dividend seems pretty strong, and uh, I'm interested to uh, hear your thoughts. Looking forward to uh, hearing your response. Thank you so much. Take care. Well, KeyCorp is a in-the-bank, super regional uh, bank sector. It's a big bank at $11 billion, holding company for Key, uh, Key Bank National Association, operates 972 branches, 15 states. Uh, they make money. They've always made money for years and years. I think they're going to be fine. They're going to make $1.48 next year. It's an $11.88 stock, so it's trading at, what, an 8 PE or so, somewhere in that range. And the five-year range, P.E. range, is 4 to 16. So it's kind of on the low side of its P.E. range. Return on equity is only 12%, which is not high. But, man, it pays a really nice dividend of 6.9%. And I think can easily continue to pay that nice dividend. Now, sales shrank in the most recent quarter, the June quarter, uh, by 11%. Uh, the stock itself has bottomed and looks like it's working its way up to me off this bottom. So, yeah, I think this is a good buy point here. I do. And I do think the bank the bank, and the bank industry will recover. Uh, it doesn't look like uh, there's going to be much problems in the bank industry to me. I mean, there was a worry there for a while. Um, but I think the public has calmed down and they were the ones driving the problems for the banks because the banks are actually doing pretty decently so yeah i think this is a good place to pick up key corp if that's what you want to buy because i think the dividend is pretty strong and i think the bank is big enough 11 billion dollars 
to withstand any problems that it's going to make. And they're on schedule to make money. Now, I'll say this. They were made at $1.92 last year, and they're only going to make $1.29 this year. That's a 33% drop. But that's already built into the stock, in my opinion. That price, that earnings collapse. And now it's going to be up 15% next year. So I think, you know, pretty reasonable price. I, I like it. Gary, I, I would give a thumbs up on it. Um, okay. Uh, oh, we're going to go to Gary. I'm sorry, that wasn't Gary. Let's go to Gary uh, in San Jose. Hi, Gary. Hi there. So I'd like to talk about energy transfer, ET. Okay. And uh, I think you talked about them a couple of weeks ago. The price has gone up. They have a great dividend. But I know they've got a couple of situations in Louisiana. So I'm just wondering what you thought of them now. This is energy transfer, everybody. Uh, It's in the oil and gas transportation pipeline business. Engaged in natural gas, midstream, liquid transportation, storage business in the United States. They're huge, $40 billion. That's very comforting. Um, uh, they don't have uh, – these kind of companies usually ha- have a low P.E. range, okay? The five-year range is 3 to 15 because usually their earnings are – even though they've done very well in recent quarters, the last two years, but the most recent quarter are down 7%. Um, they've done very well for themselves – uh, and, and they're paying a nine percent dividend, and it, and they're thirteen dollar stock. So they're going to make a dollar forty six next year, a dollar thirty eight this year. They made a dollar forty last year, so their earnings are pretty consistent. And then being a thirteen dollar stock means that the PE is at what nine, right? And the yep. range is three yep. to fifteen. So it's right in the middle of the range, but they do pay a nine percent dividend, a little more than nine percent. Can they pay that? Yeah, they can. They make enough money to pay it. And so if you buy it for capital appreciation, you're probably going to be disappointed. The highest it's ever gotten in the last 10 years is like $20 a share. Okay? That could happen, but not likely. So uh, you buy it for the dividend, you'll be happy. If you buy it for capital appreciation, you're probably not going to be too happy. So uh, if you're buying okay. it for the dividend, it's a good dividend-paying stock. Gary, I appreciate the call. All right. I really do. Thank you. Um, the Fed launches instant payment service. It's called FedNow. And this is a service between banks, not between you and me and commercial. But what it does, it means money gets transferred instantaneously from one bank to the next so that transactions, you buy something, and if your bank is with this hazard service, uh, then your bank can instantaneously make that the transaction happen. Money goes and comes. That's much better than it was. Even even Venmo, you think the money is transferring that fast, but it's not. It's not instantaneous. Now it can be. Okay, but banks have to sign up for it. It just doesn't. You know, they have to sign up for it and want it, okay? And only like 35 big banks have signed up for it so far. So it's not like it's that well uh, dispersed throughout the banking industry. But I have a feeling it will be because it makes banks being able to clear their money instantly instead of waiting for 24 hours or 48 hours or even up to three days. So I think that's happening, and I think it's a good thing. Um, 
we'll see how the service works. I'm, I'm, I, I'm not sure. I don't know how long the adoption period for all the banks is going to be for this, even if it will happen. I don't know. Probably got to work out all the kinks and things because there's always problems with running out a new system, and I'm sure they're going to have it. Um, just think if they don't. Just think of what could happen if they accidentally transfer money to the wrong place, since it happens instantaneously. <laughs> You're not going to be able to get it back you know, if they send it to the wrong place. I mean, especially if you send it offshore with all the crooks out there. So we'll see if there's how many bugs are in this system. Really, that's really the issue. I think it's worth, a, a, worth the, taking the time, a minute or two, uh, to talk about what Justin Klein and I can offer you as a client of KPP Financial. Uh, we are in Irvine, California. That's in Orange County, South Orange County. That's in Southern California. Uh, between San Diego and L.A. Uh, and I want to remind you that KPP Financial operates on a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success, meaning we, we, implement, uh, we implement this by providing unbiased guidance. We don't owe anybody anything. Any service or things we buy, it's got to be all independent. We don't want any company to tell us what we need to do or have to do or should do. It's not how we operate. We also implement something called we call parallel investing, meaning we buy and sell the same thing, uh, stocks and bonds for us as we do our clients at the same time, same price. So we like to put the, our money where our mouth is and be on the same side of the table as our clients. Of course, that makes us fiduciaries, and we have to do what we say, or else the STC will get very upset with us. Um, so all our investment strategies, we have five. We have very risky to pretty non-risky and uh, programs, and it really depends on which one you would like to get into. Um, but we buy individual stocks and we buy individual bonds. We hold them in the portfolios, our own portfolios, like we hold them in our clients' portfolios. So give us a call. We'd be happy to take a look at your current portfolio and see how much risk you're taking and talk about risk a little bit and see how much risk you want to take. You give us a call in our Irvine office, KPP Financial. We'll talk to you for, and it won't take more than a few minutes, and you can make a decision whether you really want to talk to us more in depth. I mean, we'll help you. We'll help. We'll, we'll answer any of your questions. You know that we. That's not even an issue. You don't even. Ha, you don't have to pay us for our help. We will help you and give you some guidance if that's all you're asking for. Obviously, we can't manage your portfolio without charging a fee. That's how we make our living. But if you're just looking for some guidance, we'll be happy to provide that. No charge. Let's keep things moving and swing back to the Talk Voice Bank for a question that came in earlier. 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve or Justin. Uh, I have a question about Broadcom, ticker symbol AVGO. I own this stock, and uh, it's had quite a run up kind of actually got a it's got away from me to be honest with you and uh, it's grown to about 22 percent of my portfolio so uh, my question is obviously i think you would advise me to trim it here but how exactly would you trim this would you just trim all at once would you start trimming slowly or how exactly would you advise me to do that and also once i do take these profits and get them out, do you advise putting it right back into the market or do you advise waiting for the dip that uh, you and Steve think might be coming this summer? Thank you for your advice and I'll listen on the podcast. 
Okay, well, if it's 22% of your portfolio, any position that that's big of a percentage of your portfolio, it's probably time to start thinking about trimming it. But I would not trim it all at once because it's still in a rally. It's still running up. And, you know, you want to capture as much as you can, obviously. So I would not trim it all at once. I would send, sell a couple, three, maybe 4% of it out of the portfolio right away. And next week, maybe another 1% or 2%. And the week after that, another 1% or 2 If it's still rallying, if it starts to roll over on you, I'd cut it way back pretty quickly. But it doesn't look like it's, right now, it doesn't look like it's in the danger. It's pretty expensive, Broadcom. It's $888 stock. It's going to make $41 next year. So we're talking, you know, well over a 20 PE, like 23 PE going looking forward. And the five-year range is 8 to 24. So it's right at the top of its range. Very good company. Designs analog ICS for telecom, industrial, automotive, and computing markets. Return equity is very good at 69%. Cash flow is very good at $41 a share. Yield is 2.1%, dividend yield, and sales growth is sharply uh, still grown. Most recent quarter, 8%, but before that was 16, before that was 21. So so the growth rate is slowed, and I think it's time to cut back, yes. Now, whether you put the money back in the market, uh, I probably would ease back in the market. I mean, we're in a rally mode, yeah, so we'll probably get a... It would be it would be normal to get a pullback in the summer of some degree, but I would have speculated we would have already had it, and we haven't. So it is possible we'll just have a rally all the way through summer and into the fall, and maybe we'll get our pullback next year. And I, I, I hate being out of the market when it's rallying, so I never suggest you be out of the market. Okay. Next up on another, we have another caller question. So hang on there if you would. 888-99-CHART. In today's world, a variety of factors are affecting the stock markets. Serious investors know building a secure financial future requires hard work and determination. That's why now, more than ever, when it comes to the planning, execution, and maintenance of your portfolio, you need InvestTalk. InvestTalk is a free download, 24-7, rain or shine. The InvestTalk listener line is open and waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART. Okay, let's go to James in New York. Hi, James. How are you tonight? I'm good. Thank you for the call. I do appreciate it. Thank you. Um, I, I'm asking about BKE, Buckle Incorporated, which I have a position in. Uh, for about a year, and I'm about I'm down about thirty percent. I realize it's cyclical and small, but do mm-hmm. you think maybe it's worth even adding to, despite being down thirty percent? Well, let's look at it first. Uh, Park uh, Aerospace PKE is a symbol. Manufacturers. Co- no, I'm, oh, no, I'm B. Sorry, B. It was B. BKE. BKE. Okay, buckle. I'm sorry. Okay, that is, yeah, it's much bigger. Operates 441 Buckle and the Buckle Young Men's and Women's Apparel Stores in 42 states. So it's it's a pretty decent-sized company. 17, uh, looks like, what, a million, 1.7, 1.8 million billion dollars in size. So it's a small-cap company, but a pretty big one. Um, they're going to make... 
$4.24 next year, $3.90 this year, but they made $5 last year and $5 a year before. So it's a $35 stock going to make. So that means the PE is going to be around 8 or 9 going forward. And that's kind of low for its range. It ranges from 5 to 18. So it's still, you know, it's not at its very lowest, but it's fairly low. Management owns 40% of this company. That's what's pretty impressive. Okay. Problem is, is management owns 40% and most of the funds own most of the rest of the company. So between those two two entities or two groups, there's not a lot of room for you and me. They kind of control where their stock's going to go. Uh, if pays a four percent dividend, depending on how big it is of your portfolio, after you've lost uh, James, what do you say thirty percent? What percentage of it is of your portfolio now? It's do you know about three to two to three percent? Okay. Well, 3% is what we like to uh, uh, buy uh, in our own portfolios. You could go up to 5 but as soon as you get to 5 it starts to get a bit heavy for you. Um, so, yeah, you could probably add to some of it here at this point, but it's going to have a lot of resistance at $50. In other words, it's going to have a hard time getting above $50. Okay, Uh so just be aware, you don't have a lot of upside potential at this point, I don't think. BKE is a symbol, everybody. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasling. We have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. And of course, we will continue to help you with that after this break. So get your questions in now, 888 99Chart. a secure financial future, but getting there takes strategy, discipline, and the right information. Steve Peasley is ready to provide his unbiased answers, so don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hi, gentlemen. This is Adrian from Texas, and I'm calling about ticker symbol TAP, T-A-P. That's Molson Coors. I wanted to see if you thought this nice upward trend it's been having is going to uh, make it, is it going to stall out, you think? Or do you think, it's like, is it a good time to get in? Or should I wait for a pullback? Thanks. Okay, uh, it broke out. It's broken out so to new highs. Uh, when, some, when a stock does that, it's very difficult to predict where it will stop. Um, so I wouldn't be, if I owned it, I wouldn't be anxious to get out. Uh, and again, if it became too heavy of a part of my portfolio, I'd start to cut back. But this is TAP, manufactures beers, primarily sold under the Coors Light, Miller Light, Carling, Keystone, Molson Brands. And of course, they're benefiting from the Bud Light fiasco. And when they, you know, when they, they lost such a huge market share with their, um, uh, with their marketing choices. Uh, so uh, they're, of course, Tap or Molson Coors is benefiting from that. And I have a feeling that that problem for Bud Light is not going to go away. So that might continue to benefit Tap. They might continue to still have you know, healthy sales growth going forward. The most recent sales growth in the, is in March quarter was up 6%. 
I think it's going to be bigger than that, this this coming quarter. They pay 2.3% dividend. And if you're looking at the value, well, they're very, they're trading at the near high of their range on the PE, price earnings ratio. Uh, they're at 16, and the range is 7 to 17. So they're right at the high. It's difficult for me to recommend that a stock when it's right at the high, but they've broken out. I think you, if you own it, you ride it. If you don't own it, well, you know, I, I, it's broken out. I buy some if I wanted it and ride the ride as long as I could. That's what I would probably do. Tap, T-A-P. Okay? The, uh, did you notice the June existing home sales report that fell 3.3% month over month? Year over year, it's down 18.9%. Existing home sales. This is for the June report. Down 18.9% year over year and down 3.3% month over month. Normally, that would equate to a bad housing market, but that's not the problem this time. The problem this time is a lack of inventory. We've talked about ad nauseum and telling you that's the problem, not the housing industry. New home sales have done very, very well, okay, uh, because they, they don't have an inventory problem. They're building new houses. I have a feeling, though, that one of the main reasons why you have an inventory shortage is people do not want to get out of their old house and buy a new house and trade in a 3-plus percent or so mortgage for a 30-year fix for a 6%-plus mortgage. They don't want to do that. They can't afford that. They're not going to have. Therefore, you're going to have an inventory shortage going forward. I think it's going to be consistent. Okay? Uh, By the way, just so you know, uh, this this is the 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 slowest home, existing home sales market since two thousand nine. Now remember, if you remember that, remember the housing prices collapsed then. That's not the situation here. Uh, also, the report that came out for June just recently it was lower than expected, and home availability is at historic lows. Never been this low, so it's thrown off the housing. Uh, the normal things we look at is throwing it off because such an odd situation, and this all goes back to the Federal Reserve lowering interest rates down to zero. Mortgage rates fell with it down to three, three and a half percent. So, and so now we're just we're still we're still reacting to all that as now mortgage rates are at six plus percent because the Federal Reserve is raising rates off the zero. Uh, <laughs> So you're just throwing off all the normal things we look at and know that what happens is different than what it used to be. And it's going to continue to be different. So don't expect much, okay? Don't expect the housing market to act normal. I think it's still going to be fairly healthy and it's not going to collapse. I do think that. I'm Steve Peasley. This completes another Investop program. Justin Klein, I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. You can get your downloads anytime at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify, and we have now surpassed 54 million downloads, and again, I want to thank everybody. I want to make sure you understand that Justin and I do really appreciate it. We really do, and thank you. Remember to follow us on social media, and be sure to like or tag uh, us, this helps everyone in the invest 
Talk community and us too. We appreciate that. Independent thinking and shared success. This is Invest Talk, everybody. Have a great night. Invest Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial. Thank you for listening and your comments and questions are welcome on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.